0: Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montesi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, I'm really pumped for this episode, which I think you've titled What to Expect When You're Expecting. Like, the book? No, no. What to Expect When You're Starting Your Own Business. Is that's that right? right. Yeah, Something that's, like that's that? It. But you've tried to model it on that book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Book. Yeah. Did, did, you, you re- did you enjoy it? Um, I think Hannah, my wife,
1: read it, but
0: I sort of thought, no, nah, I'm just going to roll with this, mm. this parenting thing.
1: Anyway. I picked up so much out of it. But I, I thought that this that would be a nice slant on. Yeah, we digress. Mm.
0: So we're talking about the first year of going out on your own mm. and running your own business. Mm. And it's perfect timing because I've actually just completed my first year of running my own business and yeah. uh, learnt a lot. So um, I'm very keen to unpack a lot of this stuff, Kim. But you, you, you referred to it as the great escape
1: Yes, you've got to get out of the corral. The sooner the better. Why? You know, trapped in the cubicle. Yeah. It's just a disaster. Making money for someone else, which if you've got the entrepreneurial mindset, every day I used to think about how I'd make my escape. Mm. Every day I used to push the double doors open into the office of the international accounting firm and I felt like I was physically going to vomit. I just hated it so much. Mm. So it took me three years to escape. <laughs> But when I did, it was just gold It's kind of like digging your way out of jail with
0: a spoon So it (laughs) takes time It does It takes time, but when you get out, it's great Oh, the freedom So you, one of your tips though is to supplement your income So what do you mean by that? Yeah Well,
1: you can't, sorry, often you can't jump straight out of the cubicle into your business and expect to the, for the money just to start hitting the bank account. It's harder than you think. Don't underestimate mm. your competition. You've got to know what you're doing. You, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm not trying to talk anyone out of it, but I'm just saying do the research and take it very seriously and try like crazy. You know, Work, work your butt off. Burn the midnight oil in that first period because you really don't know what you're doing. Mm. Anyone and everyone is a potential customer. I, what I'm saying with this point is that When you do make that break, it is really helpful if you can keep food on the table. That does help. (laughs) That's right. The the, the bank at bay. And often if you've got one customer or you continue working for the old firm on a part-time basis or alternatively you find another alternative which will give you a couple of days a week work at a good rate, higher than your old salary employee rate, a consulting rate effectively, Mm. Um, just so that, you know, the bills are all paid and you've got enough money to pull out your pocket and have a coffee because a lot of people make the mistake of just going cold turkey into the business and it just blows them, blows their mind when they're lying awake at night thinking, oh my God, how am I going to pay this bill?
0: Yeah. And it depends on your liabilities, doesn't it? So a lot of young guys who start start startups, they can, some of them will have the luxury of either being able to room with a heap of mates or move Mm. back home for a while, um, live off two-minute noodles, all of that sort of stuff. But like, from, For example, my personal experience, I had a mortgage, mm. two little kids. So having that balance of being able to supplement the income, as you say, is important.
1: So I used to work for an accountant who was a great role model, great mentor. I'd go and work for him every morning and then it would come 12 o'clock, he'd go out for lunch for the rest of the day and then I'd go and clock it in my own firm. Mm. And I'd take the odd phone call, text in the morning, but that was – enough to keep food on the table and I was very inefficient in the afternoon but I loved working my own. And eventually the afternoons built up to such an extent that they overtook the mornings. Mm. Okay. Setting goals is important. How
0: did you and how do you continue to do that in practice in your own life?
1: Well, back then I wrote down my goals on a tiny piece of paper probably um three inches by two inches i laminated it i wrote down six goals that i had one of them was buying a bmw 318i and the moment i wrote them down and i laminated it and i put in my wallet it was amazing the light went on and every time i drove down the street every car i saw was a bmw 318i and lo and behold eight nine months later i was driving one wow it was incredible you know but when you make that step that you put it down on paper then all of a sudden, everything starts to change. You, you, you really, you, you subconsciously, you've raised that issue as a priority in your life. Yep,
0: yeah. it almost—you could almost call it a contract of yeah, sorts. Exactly, you've put it in writing. You also say to only tell the people that you trust about this step. What do you
1: mean by that? Well, it's very hard to break out of. Your existing way of life and your mindset, and you know, you you you've built your whole life around working for this boss. And as soon as you ask someone whether you should leave and set up your own business, most people will be totally freaked out by it. Mm. So what I'm saying here is, what I've learned is, be very cautious about who you tell what you're doing. Often it's best just to keep it a secret and just tell your wife. Mm. You know, because as soon as you get someone who says look I think you're crazy you've got the best job in the world just hang around there for another five years and you'll get the big promotion and you'll become partner and everything will be easy that's not the way I want to see it and as soon as you get that comment from that other person um, it sows seeds of doubts in your mind Mm. and it's when you do have a bad phone call with that customer, or you know th- 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 things are, you're, you're, sometimes you're on a little bit of shaky ground, and you you straight away revert back to thinking about, oh, maybe that person who was giving me that yeah. advice was right. Okay,
0: I guess that probably moves into the next point quite nicely about surrounding yourself and immersing yourself in positivity.
1: Yes, so back then I had the Born Rich tapes, which I'd dubbed off of a mate, and I had them. Playing continuously in my cassette player In my VL Commodore And I I listened to them so much That I wore the tapes out One of them broke in the cassette player So I had to fish it out <laughs> But I started talking like an American <laughs> So I'm not advising you go down that track But back then that was all that they had Yeah. And for me it was just the positive I couldn't listen to the radio I needed to hear that positive input Mm. and uh, uh, i it, it's amazing how feeding that sort of um positive word into your mind every day changes your outlook mm. and, and then it, it it rubs off on all those around you
0: mm. and these days we're we're very lucky in that we have access to things like podcasts where we can mm. listen to the best people talking about whatever we want whatever we're interested in anytime on demand it's It's an amazing thing.
1: You don't have to do it forever. And my kids think that, you know, my podcast I listen to a little bit over the top. (laughs) But when you buy yourself in the car, go for it. It's it's what your brain needs at this very vulnerable stage in your business career. Mm. And blocking out all negativity, how do you actually do that? Well, you know, there's that saying that says that if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. Mm. So... It's very important to take the steps away from those people that constantly trying to bring you back down to where they are and develop friendships with those new, positive, talking, aspiring people that you can move into their way of life. Hmm. You know, they say that um, you earn within 80% of your top five friends. So
0: your network is your net worth, (laughs) as some say. All of that. (laughs) And what about business plans? Because, you know, different people will tell you different things about how significant or how deep you should go into planning. Some people are forever planning their business that they never actually start it. Where do you
1: sit? I'm a great believer in business plans. I love planning everything. I like what you measure you can manage. Mm. Jeez, we've had some great cliche one-liners in this episode. (laughs) 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 Uh, So with the business plan… I think it's a really good idea because the more you can write down and the more you can visualize about how your business is going to look, the easier it gets, the easier it is to sell it to other people around you, like, for example, banks. The best business plan that I've seen is the ANZ business plan template, which is available on the ANZ website. So that is all formatted. You can just download it for free and then type in. as it's, it's follow the bouncing ball sort of mm. um, stuff. But it's really good to sit down and look at, For me, it's really good to map out financially how that first year might look for you and also to identify your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities and your threats so that you aren't ignoring the fact that there are other players out there in the market. How are you going to be different? Mm. What are you going to do to make yourself more attractive to the customer than them? Similar to what
0: you're talking about um, and it's often used in startup worlds is what they call the business model canvas so it's effectively a business plan of sorts where as you say strengths weaknesses all that sort of stuff Mm. but it goes even deeper into more practical stuff to do with your business where you effectively write your assumptions about that area and then you test that assumption so and i think it's really valuable in year one because it's an evolving beast what you think in year one your business is going to be it might actually evolve and you might say, actually, what I thought the business was going to be um, based on my interactions with customers and what customers want, it's actually going to be this. So, you know, maybe go away and have a look at it. But the okay. business model canvas, which is really a, a different type of business plan, is a really good way for early stage businesses to get going. Fantastic. There you go, Matt. A little bit of Thank you. you know, something to take away. Uh, what about the choice of industry? What's your advice based on that in terms of identifying industries where you might be able to pick up an advantage?
1: Yes. So this is a case of reflecting on where your strengths lie, which is also a case of standing back and thinking now over the last five to 10 years, this is sort of, well, you know, this is right at the early stages when you're brainstorming your business. What business am I going to go into? What am I going to do? But often you've got a lot of skills in areas that people have been constantly reminding you of, but until you sit back and reflect on it, you actually haven't identified as being good at that. Like yesterday, for example, I had a meeting with a customer who's trying to get his business to get to the next level Mm. and we realised that he's in the wrong industry and then he said, Kim, I want to do this. I'm really good at negotiating deals. And I said, well, that just screams out real estate agent to me and all of a sudden it was a light bulb moment for him yeah so the conversation went completely down another different track but so that's example for him but with the unfair advantage it's like when you're moving into a new industry i'm a great believer that we've already got heaps of that particular industry this is australia we've got any profession you want we've got people who have got available time to come and see you and offer their services to you. You've got to take it to the next level and go, okay, I'm already doing that. How can I be better? Why would customers come to me? What's my unfair advantage that I can utilize it? Sometimes it's just like, I'm going to work harder or I've got more experience in that area or I'm a nicer person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 You know, but you, you really need the unfair advantage. I think that's the key or yeah. the, you know, the other cliche is how am I going to disrupt this industry? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Look, you're just cracking up as you say it. What about, maybe if you can run through quickly, what's required to set up a business from the accounting
1: side to even the more practical stuff? Okay. I think we've touched on this before, but without even looking at the business, I'd say trustee company and family trust. No brainer get it set up right at the start, and you will love it. Mm. And that's for, as we've touched on before, we won't go into deep, drill down at the, the real details of it, but that's for asset protection in case you get into strife, you can close it down overnight. Or, and alternatively, it's for income splitting. But once you've got that, then you've got to open up the bank account. So you develop a good relationship with which bank that you want to work with and uh, um, develop an ongoing relationship with, like who's, wh- which is the closest branch, you know, Often it's good to choose a big four bank, so am I going to go for ANZ, am I going to go for CBA, or Westpac, whatever. Um, further to that, you've got to get an ABN, you've got to register for a tax file number, and you've got to register for GST. Now, they're all things that can happen immediately, the GST is probably the only one that would be in question. If, if you think you're going to turn over less than 75000 it's not compulsory. Mm. But I'm recommending that everyone registers it for it anyway mm. because there's a lot of co- costs that you're spending money on as you're operating your business and setting it up that have got GST. If you register for GST, you get those costs back. Yeah. you know. Can I give a little hot tip as far as
0: setting up a <laughs> setting up a company? Um, and I did this with, with mine, but there's a website, ecompanies.com.au, oh, yes. where That's wrong. with a few clicks you've got – a, um, a trust company Everything sorted mm. And Registered You know sometimes you've got to wait um, mm. Wait for your doc documents to come through In a few weeks And all of that sort of stuff it Happens basically instantly You get everything you need For An extraordinarily Cheap price Now I don't want to Do you out of a job Kim <laughs> Because <laughs> um, The point of difference here Is instead of just doing it I actually got advice from you first mm. To actually mm. Ensure that I was Setting it up correctly but it's a really good way of doing it, and to be able to get those documents quick, so you can actually rip into your business straight away. It's mm. good advice. Thanks, mate. I'm just taking over your episode here. <laughs> so, what about the what about the practical stuff though, like
1: logos, business cards, all of that? Yeah. So, as we as we as I'm going further further down the track, I'm realising the importance of branding, marketing, imaging, and all of that. So, have some money up your sleeve. Don't skimp on it. Go out there, get some quality design and often it's as easy as just going to 99 designs yeah paying 600 bucks and they'll do the lot for you yeah. and you've got uh 20 30 40 different designs in front of you from people all around the world who are pitching for your business yeah another hot tip fiverr.com fiverr yes with
0: two r's um yeah where you can get logos and things like that
1: starting at five dollars it's outrageous. Ridiculous, it? it is outrageous. I remember paying two thousand dollars for a logo like ten years ago, oh, and geez. now it's just and that was just the logo. Whereas now you get that for letterhead, envelopes, business cards. Um, it's it's really come down in price, and the quality's gone up. Mm. And people do notice it. They'll they'll see a picture of your company, and they'll identify with it. Oh, that's right, that's Andrew's company, or that's mm. Kim's company. Um, so. You know, even this week, I'm getting mugs made up with my logo on <laughs> Mugs, Because yes. I'm sick of drinking out of my mate's mug. <laughs> and support, Like every time a customer will come in, I've got his mug with his Accountancy Practice logo on it. I mean, we, we're in different fields. We work together, but I'm thinking, I should be drinking out of my mug. Yeah. With your own, come on. You've earned it. You've earned it, Kim. And, and the mugs, just getting back to the mugs, amazing design, out of China, $2 a mug. <laughs> Can you believe it? Cheaper than going down to Ikea yeah. and getting some groovy mugs from there. The coffee that you put in the mug is
0: more expensive. I guess it is. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> what about kickstarting growth for your business? Getting things going, getting things moving, getting clients. What are your tips?
1: Well, I'm a great believer in networking. You've just got to network the hell out of everything. You know um you want to have the mindset that you're gonna rock up at the opening of an envelope yeah. <laughs> any invites you get, any um, chance to go down and have a drink at the local pub with a mate who's you know a potential um, re- re- referral source or a potential customer themselves, you've just gotta go for it and and you've got to explain to your wife and kids that you know it is in inverted commas all work yeah, <laughs> even though you're drinking alcohol, <laughs> um, you, you are marketing and you, you're sowing seeds and you don't know when you're starting your business which one will, you know, all these yep. seeds that you are sowing. You've got to, r- another cliche, <laughs> Got to sow before
0: you can reap. <laughs> I was going to throw another one. You've got to play the long game <laughs> as well because in what I do in marketing, um, there's a lot of talk about networking and I'm like you. I'm a big believer in it but it's all going to come down to building genuine relationships Mm -hmm. so yes initially you got to go to that function and you've got to meet people Mm -hmm. but a lot of people that i see they'll try to go to as many functions as they can pick up as many business cards as they can and then just hope that something's going to happen particularly you know in your field in accounting it's all relationship driven Mm -hmm. you've got to build some trust before they're actually going to convert into a client they've got to get to know you
1: they do and when. Uh, you're probably the same as me. When you're at a function and you're talking to someone and they're telling you about what they do and their business and everything, you're thinking, um, okay, well, <laughs> probably best off no longer sort of continuing the conversation with that person because there's someone else over in the corner who is the perfect fit for my business. And this person's, for example, for me, they're raving about how good their accountant is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to be a customer, so yeah. I'm wasting my time here. Yeah. So um, you get better at it. So I wouldn't spend all night out on the... Um, on the town trying to develop a relationship with someone who's raving about their accountant, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. And what else? So burn the midnight oil. You know, you've really got to do the hard yards because that first year is so crucially important. It's make or break, you're on display to the world, you know. All your friends are all watching you to see whether you're actually going to get this thing over the line. They're all expecting you to fail. Don't forget that Mm. 80% of businesses fail in the first five years. How are you going to be in that 20%? While everyone else is watching the footy game, you're working. Now, remember, while I'm saying that, I remember the grand final um, two years ago. I would have loved to have watched it, but I was under a really tight time frame, I remember pulling carpet up in one of my shops and listening to it on my yeah. DeWalt Radio. <laughs> you know, I, I still had a good time, but I'm yeah. thinking, you know, this is what I need to do to get me to that next level and it has to be done today. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna grin yeah. and bear it. And short term pain, long term gain. Oh yeah, you're just on fire today. <laughs> but ultimately you gotta have fun, don't you? You gotta have fun and and that's the key. You know, it, it took me 10 to 15 years in business to realise that I was far too serious. Now, whenever I speak to a client, I want them to get off the phone with a smile on their face. Mm. And it doesn't mean cracking dirty jokes, but uh, the classic example is I used to go to my uncle who's a butcher and I'd go in there for some chops and some schnitzels and some steak and he would tell me some funny story completely unrelated to me going in there to get the meat mm. the and I'd walk out there laughing in stitches. and I'm thinking, you know, I've paid 20 bucks, $15 for the gags and 5 bucks <laughs> for the meat. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? He's just such a powerful marketer, networker, um, such a powerful person that I can apply that to my business. So mm. every time someone rings up, Usually, they're stressed out. Usually, they've got some issue and they've tried to resolve it themselves and they're ringing me. So, I just try to diffuse the situation as best I can as soon as they ring in the first couple of minutes. Like, I repeat the facts. So, you're telling me that this, this, this and this has happened. Mm. And then I will try to be lighthearted about it and bring some fun into the conversation. And often, it's amazing. They'll get off the phone and they'll be, you know, they'll be really chuffed or they'll be laughing at one of my dad's jokes. It breaks down barriers. And it builds rapport with clients and that's yeah. what it's all about. And at the end of the day, you know, we we're, we're we're having fun and having a laugh is a really yeah. important part of being human. Yeah. And from my own perspective, like year 1 is really
0: tough. But while it's tough, there's so many other benefits. Like oh. you have you have freedom, you're doing what you want. There's no ceiling on what y- you're you could potentially earn. Like you could be building something great. And you also have that flexibility, mm. flexibility to work 18-hour days. <laughs> oh, that's what I read someone Ooh. say, talking about um, running your own business. <laughs> now I've got the, yeah, the flexibility to, to work my 18-hour days when I want to.
1: <laughs> but in the, in the middle of that 18-hour yeah. days, if you want, you can rule a line out in your diary and pick the kids up from school. Oh, absolutely. You know, and you don't have to walk into the office and make an excuse to everyone that works around you on where you've been. Yeah. You know, that's the beauty of it. It's flexible and everyone loves that flexibility, I've found. Mm, absolutely. And they're happy to take a, 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 a pay cut initially to have that freedom because they feel they're better off because they've got their life back. But well, you build on that and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and you end up earning a lot more than had you ever stayed back in that
0: cubicle. Exactly. and I mean, you, you're an accountant, so you're in the business of building wealth. But wealth is um, time. Mm. As well isn't it? Mm, it is and that's the way you know you you've built up your um, personal situation you you've created a world where you're actually freeing up time to, you're still earning, but you've actually been able to free up time and that should
1: be the ultimate goal. and then you know and this isn't going to happen in the first year, but once you get staff, they can cover for you when you're in meetings or when you' mm. whereas when I in my first year, I was doing everything, so if I was in a meeting, my phone was going unanswered. Mm. Um, so the staff have been a huge um, freed up a lot of time for me because they step in and cover for me when i can't Mm. and you can just grow your business to the next level when all that
0: starts kicking in as well well i think that's another episode in itself but thanks for listening to accounting insider visit the website accountinginsider.net and subscribe and sign up to the newsletter thanks for listening